Okay. Um, we are going to wrap this up today. I don't think we'll be able to start, even though I have it all prepared. Um, so I think we will just finish this today. Uh, I'd like us to read these two verses together, Isaiah 43, verse 25 and 26. Here we have the failure of man to cope. What are some of the things that we face from time to time in our lives that prevent us from coping? Okay, uh, let's just uh, read these two verses together then. I, even I, Okay. Uh, before I begin to present my views from these two verses, uh, anyone here, uh, anything jump out at you as you read through these two verses? What stands out to you as an individual? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you as an individual? The fact that God, when he forgives, he remembers your sin no more. He chooses to forget your sin. It's not that he is a forgetful individual like I am. It's a choice. He decides he will remember it no more because he knows everything. Uh, but he chooses not to remember your sins anymore. Anyone else? What else stands up? Uh, okay. Uh, it is being said that it's not about us. And that's what I was saying from the beginning. It is for his sake. It's for God's sake. It's for his purpose. You know? That's that's a deep one and we're not gonna be able to I I, I don't know if we're gonna be able to get there today, but that is that is supposed to be my wrap up. Even though I intend to finish this today, but that is important. You know, questions keep coming up. You know, why does God allow X, Y, Z to happen to us? Why do, uh, why do, um, the innocent suffer? Uh, why do God allow certain things to happen to innocent people? I don't care how innocent you are. When you stand before God, I dare you to tell Him, Lord, you should not allow that to happen to me. Uh, I just do an evaluation, you know, uh -huh. a general evaluation. I was thinking about God and all the sources I rely on, mm -hmm. you know, and my identify and should I experience, you know, uh, 
God made a statement, or in the Word of God, there's a statement that says, as a man soweth, that shall he reap. Yes. But when you measure that up with men, you know, for me, they have failed. They have failed. And we, we. Yes. We have failed. Yes, we have Include failed. Include yourself. Yeah, we, we, we. Because yes. I grew it myself into the failure of God. There was a time I thought that I was God. Yeah. And then, you know, after I started to realize that I fall short of it, I had to look and I looked at other people that I thought, people I thought would never let me down. They're the ones. Let me down and, you know, and then I, then I see that, you know, uh, God, God is, God, uh, that God is, that God is stable, you know, he's, he's a, he's balanced and you do this, the outcome will always be what you do, you get what you put in. Yes. You know, but the people, you put in some time, but you don't get back out. That's you right. And I try to encourage uh, those who uh, cross my path, you know, especially in counseling, the idea is if you continue to come for counseling, uh, and there is no progress, and every time you have a problem, you got to show up to me. I feel as if I haven't been very effective in getting you to understand how to work through your problem. So I always say, don't put your eyes on me. It's God. When you leave here, use the tools that you receive, and you will be able to work on your situation. But you cannot. No matter what happens, I, I, I have a couple, uh, I haven't seen them for a few weeks, I don't know, they probably graduated. Uh, they will come and work on an issue. They will go home and that's the end of it. And they will say, we're not going to talk until we go back to Pastana. I said, what's the use coming? I mean, you, you, you need to work through those issues, whatever they are. Just use the tools. Um, when I look at the scripture, Isaiah chapter 43, verse 25 through 26, uh, in, in simple terms, this teaches us that God is waiting to forgive our sins. But not only to forgive it, to purge it. To purge our iniquities and to blot out our transgression. In other words, when God forgives us, the reason why he doesn't remember it is because it's blotted out totally and is as if we have never sinned. Now, uh, that might seem strange to you, but that's the way he looks at it. You see, Jesus Christ, who is the Lamb of God, took our place. He paid the penalty for our sins. And he, once we confess our sins, he is faithful he forgives and he cancels our debts. So he blots out our transgression. More than that, he offers in our place a new faith. 
and he says, he invites us now. He invites us. He says, view the past for me. He invites us to view the past. In other words, look at where I brought you from. And if we want to be honest today, and I know many of us keep going back and uh, we keep digging up the stuff that we have done in the past and uh, uh, God has forgiven us. Uh, I think it was Pastor Russell who said, or Pastor Weish, I'm not sure which one, that I first heard it from. He said, he cast it in the sea of forgetfulness and he put up a sign and says, no fishing. In other words, he, he puts it in an area where you don't have to worry about that anymore. And he says to all those who want to dig it up, no fishing. Now, in Hebrews, this uh, literally means to bring back to mind the promises on which we have agreed. In other words, when we, when we confess our sins, we are agreeing with God. You agree with that? Well, the word of God says, you know, when we uh, come and confess, what we are saying, we are agreeing with God who says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We are just agreeing with God. And that's why I was saying to Shadwell just now, um, let's make this personal. You know, it's, it's easy for us to make global statements. Then I started this a couple weeks ago. I asked you to put your name in that spot. And I wanted you to continue to do that. Especially as you read scriptures. When you are reading the word of God, you need to ask yourself a couple questions. One, how do I apply this to me? Or when we're listening to the pastor or someone who is teaching, we would say, oh boy, if such and such a person was here today, that suits them. All the devil is doing is taking your mind off yourself and putting it on somebody else. But rather, let's look inwardly. Let's look at how can I benefit from this? And in the process, live it out. Remember, we keep talking about not being just readers of the word, but we need to be doers of the word also. So, in, in effect, we are definitely agreeing with God that we are sinners. And without him, we can do nothing. Yes, sir. You know, uh... 
was on my job, one of my family members, uh, someone I just met in the workshops. They just happened to be at a place where I live, and they was doing a, her son was doing a survey. Okay. And she called to me, you know, and, and at the time I was thinking I'd be in, in, with the illusion that, you know, everything is going around, that they ain't working for me. But you know, she showed me with the job situation, she showed me, say, uh, you know, you don't have to get in the click. You know, sometimes we take my hand, anyway, something happened with me. If I in this click, what happened? What happened? Everything happened for everybody in the click. If I get this click, maybe it could happen for me. But she showed me, you know, God, uh, promotion comes from God. Amen. And, you know, and she showed me that once you, uh, once, once you do what God says, He'll promote you. So sometimes, you know, a lot of time we focus on men for our promotion. And, and we may get caught up in clicks and things like that. Uh, yeah, then these clicks may be negative clicks, you know, doing all that foolishness and so forth. But, um, and to be accepted as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, you don't know, get, get the money and the job title and so forth, but you know, <laughs> she is, uh, she is, uh, you know, she, 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 she brought, uh, it came across to me that, you know, uh, if everything seems to be going wrong, you know, uh, God is still faithful. Amen. You know, even if everybody in the clip and everything, you got in it and, you know, you feel like it's hopeless, you know, but, you know, that did give me that feeling not to give up because Good. God is reliable to support. Excuse me. You should have watched the movie we watched over here that night, Courageous. A bad movie. That was, I mean, the same thing you say, the boss called a man in there. I say now, nah, there's 17 boxes coming in on the trailer. I want you to write down 16. I give you promotion if you do it. Think about it and do it. Give him a week to think about it. He come back and tell the boy, no sir, I can't do it. That is wrong. The boy said, that's the man I was looking for all along. And give him the promotion because he was honest and did it right. Probably save more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone was stealing from him. So if the boss would like to see the honest one, I can give the job. But then I can lie to him for you know, try to fool him. To see he was testing him to see see whether he was for real or someone he can trust. Okay, as we as we continue, um if we don't agree with God, then it means that we definitely disagrees with God. Now, the signs, or the earliest signs of disagreement are sadness. When we disagree with God, there is a sense of sadness. Uh, and that can probably be seen in facial expression. Uh, Loss of interest in work. And even what we do in our leisure time. There can also be a sense of restlessness. And uh, the, 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 the feeling of worthlessness or failure, hopelessness, and even reproach. We, we, we walk around feeling guilty 
And sometimes we don't even know what our guilt is about. We feel guilty, but we don't know why we feel guilty. When we are disagreeing with God, when we are doing things our own way, when we are, are refusing to commit our ways to Him and allow Him to, to control, as again, Shadow, I'm not picking on you, but you say some things and I, I pick it up. Uh, Shadow was saying at the point he, he felt like being like God. I mean, being God. He thought he was, what God? Yeah, yeah, he, he wanted to be Prime Minister, he wanted to be, uh, well, he wanted to take over the job as soon as he went there, and then he wanted to be Prime Minister, and then the next thing would be uh, uh, President of the United States, the next thing he wanted to do is be God. You know, we, we move in stages, but may I say to you, first of all, we need to recognize that without God, <laughs> we are hopeless. Hopeless. Um, this, 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 this is a, a very common condition that we find today. And we, I'll be honest with you, it's so common that psychologists and psychiatrists can hardly cope with the number of patients they seek that is seeking their help from day to day for counseling. It is high on the agenda of our lives today because we do not put God first in our lives. And then there is the cause which is personal uh, and Proverbs 12 25 uh, talks about that and I'm going to I'm going to read it and I'm going to ask Helen, Helen to Helen to uh, give some meanings and stop to it Proverbs 12 25 says an anxious heart and I'm sorry an anxious heart Raise a man down, but a kind word cheers him up. Well, this book called the Useful Proverb says, A person's anxiety will weigh him down, but an encouraging word makes him joyful. And our note here is, happiness is something that happens to you. But joy is something you choose. Joy comes from right choices and trusting in God's ability to bring good out of disaster. God's word shares many insights for choosing joy. Okay. Happiness is circumstantial, right? Do you agree with that? It depends on the circumstance in your life which determine whether or not you're happy. Most most people believe that. If everything is going all right with them, they feel good, they get the promotion. I, I have an example. Uh, I was admiring some people in the ghetto. 
you know, with a cup of cold water. It's very hard, but I'm making it sometimes. But some of them, they stick to it, and some of them go from rags to riches. But then you have uh, some of the people who are on top, and they was enjoying being on top. But when they circumstances change, when they lost what they had, and they see the stand where they get to go to, they get it back. Some of them, they get the feeling of suicide, things like that. We are on the same page. That's exactly what I'm saying. While things are going good, while everything is that, when they are prospering, they don't seek God. When do they seek God? Nine chances out of ten is when thing when the bottom falls out. That's that's exactly what I'm saying. So they are happy. Their happiness depends on the circumstance that they find themselves in. But peace and real joy comes in spite of what you're going through. Let, let me draw an illustration. For, forgive me for, for, for uh, drawing this illustration because I, I, I'm, I'm talking about myself. When, when I was uh, uh, diagnosed with uh, prostate cancer, um, people I've never heard of call, wrote, send email, trying to tell me what I can do to cure. Okay, I go to um, we were in Orlando, Florida. I had to sit in a room waiting for my time <clears throat> for the uh, treatment and just listening to what the people around me were saying that was going to happen, those who had gone through it for several treatments. I mean, very important people in my life, I thought. Uh, came to me and told me how difficult it was going to be. And I used to get depressed just listening to people. And then I realized that, hey, God deals with each of us differently. And I don't have to go through the same thing that the others were going through. And I can sit here this morning and I can boast that God took me through all those treatments and I've never had one day sickness, not at all. As a matter of fact, normally after my treatment, my sister who was staying with me over there at the time, we'll go catch the bus and go downtown and we shop all day and then she'll come home and cook. I was supposed to lose weight. When I came back, I had more weight than when I went over there. And people were saying to me, how could you be so content knowing what you were going through? They said on a scale of uh, 1 to 10, I was an 8. So how could you be content about that? And seriously, the only contentment came from whose I was. I belong to God. I am his child and he has the right to do with me whatever he wants. 
And whatever he does is well done. And that was the piece that I could not understand. And I, I, I'm going to mention that a, a little later on. Philippians talk about that in Philippians uh, uh, chapter chapter 4. Um, in our text, uh, we can refer to either the perspective of the, our personal life or when a man is out of turn with God, so to speak, or without, out of fellowship with men, he cannot know anything else but heaviness of heart. That's what gives us peace when we are in true fellowship with God and with our fellow men. God created man for fellowship with himself. But of course, sin broke that fellowship. And until there is a, a some form of, 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 of restoration, true repentance towards God, and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ as our sin-bearer and savior, there can be no real joy or peace within the human heart. Furthermore, until we love God with all our heart, we cannot love our neighbors. The very concern for uh, others deliver us from our own introspection. In other words, when we are willing to look at what we can do, for instance, in helping others, we are definitely taking our thoughts, our minds of all that is going wrong within us. There must be the therapy for a life of peace. And as I indicated earlier, the word of God says, and I quote, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses surpasses all understanding will guard your heart 
and mine through Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7. When we come to know God as our Father through faith in Jesus Christ, we experience at once what the Bible calls peace with God. Romans 5, 1. This is the peace of reconciliation. But what the Apostle Paul is describing in our text is something more. It is the peace of God which keeps the heart, the mind in Christ Jesus. Uh, that word keep is one of the strongest terms used in the New Testament to describe a garrison of, or an army or a sentinel. In other words, anxiety for the most part is created by fear, threat, and frustration that assails us from the world, the flesh, and the devil. But there is a, a promise for a peace which keeps us. And the effect of this peace is God-given therapy. The peace of God stabilizes our heart. The peace of God will guard our heart. The heart signifies, of course, the hidden springs of our emotional life. How many people are emotionally disturbed because of anxiety? Indeed, most of the psychological and pathological problems can be a trace to nervous tension and emotional distresses. But how wonderful to know that our heart can be stabilized by the Lord when we come to God and receive his gift of peace. The hymn writer expressed it perfectly. And I quote, Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pains we bear. Why? All because we do not carry 
everything to God in prayer. That's by Joseph Scriven. I'm going to, we have a couple more minutes and I'm going to open it up. I'm sure. I would like to everything to God in prayer. Give me some examples. Okay. Doubt. Doubt that God is not going to be bothered. What sort of doubt? Doubt that he's not going to answer you? What, what kind of doubt? Okay. 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 Uh, maybe, maybe sometimes we feel that oh, I could handle this, so I don't have to take it to God. And probably that's the very time when you need to take it to God, because when we think that we have it all wrapped up, that's when it blows out of control. I don't know if you ever experienced that, but boy, I could say I have. For all of them, I have a rare experience that I don't doubt. Uh, I don't know, I feel like you get it. You know, like, sometimes you feel like I'm like, okay, God, uh, I can handle these sets, and then you say the really big ones. For you. <laughs> you know, that's all I want. <laughs> you know? You know that's and you're really going to try, you say, I can't do that with this. Yeah. I'll get you Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what you can handle, what you think you can handle. But as I said, sometimes the very thing that you think you could handle are the very things that are end up crushing you because of pride, you know, pride got a strange way of sneaking in and taking over. Anyone else? I 
And my cousin told me that I go to call the police. He may, he may not come back himself, but he may send somebody. He may send somebody to come get me too. So here I am sitting, and I said, Lord, you put me in this situation where I don't win, or I don't lose. I can't do anything. It's just, what's the point of praying here? You know, I mean, I mean, that's my only resort. I'm surprised I would think I feel hopeless because I was sort of going two houses away and watching me the whole day. Okay, but uh, we, you asked us to pray last Sunday. <laughs> okay. Uh, would you not say that, well, I mean, to me, that's what, that was an answer to prayer. You didn't have to be there. He could have broken in and you could have been asleep. I mean, so why pray? Pray so you can be protected. That's a good enough reason for me. But I feel a bit upset that it's somebody who worked you know, and watching me day in and day out, and I'm going to be praying for you. I'm going to be tired of praying now because I haven't prayed on God. The one thing you can't tire God, so you keep on taking it to right. the Lord. This is certainly Human part of it, yeah. I'm going to have to do my knees constantly because this fella is right down here from 7 o'clock to 4 o'clock. My daughter saw him and he waved with us. Mm. But he isn't the only one in Nassau who are, who are looking for opportunities either. Well, that's true. <laughs> I realize that that's true. That's a good point. Yeah, just a minute. You wanted to say something? In the same way, I think sometimes we both believe that our problems are much bigger than God. So therefore, we tend not to take it to him because we feel that the situations that we're in, and I guess it was like hopelessness also, and seeing our problem much bigger than God and not being grounded in who really God is, mm-hmm. and who God is, and what he can do, what he has done, mm-hmm. what he is doing, what he will do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, coming back to you right now, the piece, but look, 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 look at the last verse. Review the past for me. 
This is talking to all of us now. Look at where he brought us from, or what he brought us through. Uh, and as was prayed, I think Sister Cartwright prayed, the things that we don't even know he is protecting us from. And if we knew what was going to, he was protecting us from, many of us wouldn't even come out of our houses. I don't know whether any one of y'all saw it, even as I was searching some time ago. But this, this man, one little boulder was coming to get He said, Oh, that's a big boulder. Then he didn't realize Jesus was standing holding this big, big, huge thing. He was protecting him from this big thing, and all he complained of was this little thing coming. Sometimes we are, you know, we, we look at uh, human science versus God's sense. Huh? Look, at, mm-hmm. look at, for example, even the test in God, you go for a test, and they say, oh, your, your protein is up, your this, that, your cholesterol up. And then we are all getting all anxious about it, and yet God is controlling all. And yes. sometimes we believe it, and yet when the doctor keeps saying all of this, we get kind of concerned. Mm-hmm. I and mean, I think, you know what, I'm not going to lie, I, I respect it all. Sorry, that's my friend. You're right there. I love you. I love you. No, no disrespect. But you know, sometimes the, the signs say something else, and yet God brings us out of those situations where babies who can't even breathe living. Yes. And living example. Yes. I'm bringing this to say that my daughter in law is in hospital. Mm. She's 26 weeks. With the first baby, I was all anxious, but now I just say, no, I've already given her to Right. And I'm leaving her there, and I'm, I'm trying to keep that focus to say that, yeah, she's going to be okay. Because it brought us through Riley, mm-hmm. how to see this situation, mm-hmm. they're going to be okay. Yeah, he's the and same he's God. Okay. He's the same God, and there's nothing but to be hard for him. anxious, don't be anxious, but as a mother, you, you're anxious when you right. children, your, your grandchildren, all that. I don't know, I... I can't do anything, only you can do it. Yes. I, I, I had someone uh, this week who I shared this uh, story with. Uh, he is suicidal and he wanted to take his own life uh, because of some situations. Um, and, as a matter of fact, another gentleman, uh, the doctors gave him uh, three years the most they say to live uh, because of some problem he is having and I remember sharing with both of them this story my dad was diagnosed with prostate cancer he was in New York he had a team of doctors that gave him three months to live one of the doctors um, had his father was a specialist in Fort Lauderdale uh, and uh, he said you know you're too far from the Bahamas it'll be better for treatments if they want to go that way my dad came home he and I went over had a team of doctors that checked him he was 84 or 86 at that time they said the chance of survival if they had the, the uh, 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 did the surgery was only about 
And he wasn't worried about the survival when he looked at the cost. He says, I have already had my three score and ten. Why would I spend this kind of money? And I only have a 30% chance of recovery. He says, no, I'm not going to take it. Take me home. Let me die. Come home, we came to, to and the doctors there told him three months. We came home here to Nassau. We didn't bring anything from the other doctors. We had a, a team of doctors checked him here. They gave him three, three months to live. Now that's three different teams of doctors gave him three months to live. I remember coming back home. He, he was at home. Uh, no, he went after he came out of the hospital. They said, take him home and let him die. Make him comfortable. We can't do anything for him. I got up in his pulpit, because he was a pastor, Friendship Baptist Church, and I said to the congregation, you will never see my dad stand in this pulpit again. I said, but I would like uh, the prayer group to go and pray with me after the service. So I got out a little earlier, and five women and one male beside myself went and prayed with my dad that evening. My dad buried three out of the five women who went to pray for him. He died at the age of 96. 96 or 94? 94. Ten years later. He was 84. Ten years later. The, the doctor was, the main doctor was transferred to Freeport. And my brother was diagnosed with cancer in Freeport. And my dad and I went there to see him. When the doctor saw him, my dad, he asked him, what are you doing there? I said, what are you doing here? And he looked at him and said, God ain't ready for me yet. I mean, and seriously, when I, when I shared that, especially with this man who... They gave three years. I said, well, at least they give you three years. They gave my brother, three, my dad, three months. I said, and he lived for ten years. And when he died, he died as a result of a broken hip, <laughs> not the cancer. So, now, I don't know, for whatever that is worth, all I'm trying to say is God has the last say. And he was teaching me, um, giving me a message. Because I felt like a total fool after my dad recovered. And buried, I said, three of the women who came and prayed for him. I felt like a total fool. But I was listening to the doctors. And I was totally convinced. But I, I'm a little bit more matured now. I believe that our times are in God's hand and is when he is ready. I'm not saying that the doctors don't know. They, they say what they see. But that doesn't change what God is capable of doing. Last week we had a scripture where it happened where we ourselves Yeah. the part of the scripture. Yeah. And I think for me, kindness is be sometimes why I'm afraid. You know, you, you lay down, you say, I catch myself on 
one or two minutes, you fall asleep or something, you know, or you wake up in the morning, you're trying to pray, you fall asleep, waking up, fall asleep, waking up, and it's time to go, you gotta go. But the Lord say, are you worried yourself, you know, so, I guess that's the answer to be entire, you know, yeah. you be even worried. But if you follow that scripture true, you'll see that he says, we don't worry ourselves trying to do good, but we worry him by our sins. We are not, we don't worry about where, we could be tired and it's the sin that causes us to get energy, yeah? He says, but you worry me with your sin. Now our time is gone. The future you wanted to say something. It, it passed, eh? Sorry about that. Okay, well let me con conclude then, and uh, this is really the conclusion of this. Let us then believe God for his new thing in our lives. Then go forth to provide his adequacy in the coming days. And let us remember that with God the best is yet to come according to God's word. Thank you very much for your attention. Let us pray. Father, again, <clears throat> this morning we want to say thank you for who you are and what you have done and are doing in and through our lives. Thank you for our time together, Lord, as we look at the scriptures. We pray that you would help us to be doers of your word and not carers only. Get glory for yourself and we will be careful to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory for it's in Christ's name we ask it. Amen.